everyone. This is ETS on the Grid. I am your host, Dylan Lockwood. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Aaron Hardick. Aaron, how are you doing today? Doing well today, Dylan. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, ma- making sure to get all my dry cleaning in order before we hit, head to San Antonio next week for Start at ETS. And, you know, who else is going to be at Start at ETS? killer segue is one of the judges uh he's the director of demand risk management at ng north america and he's here with us on the podcast today Jengis han yenerim how are you doing today sir i'm doing very well dylan thank you and uh hello erin hope you're doing good as well well we really uh, appreciate coming on and talking with us and for uh coming to start next week you're, you're going to be a judge. What are you hoping to see uh, from our finalists, and what is NG hoping to get out of participating in this event? Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. You know, I've I've attended that event uh, last year as well, also as a judge, and uh, this time I'm going to be a little bit more experienced. So that's why I know what I'm getting into, and that's why I'm so excited about it. You know. Um, Innovators and startups are uh, really an important part of the ecosystem that we are building at NG here in North America. Uh, we try to collaborate with them along with you know, incubators, other corporations and universities as part of our daily culture because of how important it is for the continuity of our business. And uh, we basically have two frameworks within this interaction. One is through uh, an organization called NG New Ventures, which was created by the group looking at potential investments, more like a venture fund. They're looking at investments and partnerships globally. And the second one is through uh, the regional business entities, which is, I think, more important. So um, we have formal collaboration across the North American entities to track the relationships between each business and the innovators they're working with. So these kind of relationships can be through direct investments, through partnerships, pilot projects, etc. So as someone, uh, as, as another representative from, from that group, and also uh, someone who works as a pioneer in data and technology sharing across the NG entities, I'm hoping to see applications, ideas, solid business cases that could be applicable to our business here in North America. We already have relationships, in fact, in, in place with some of the competitors um, that they're coming into the event as they got into our radar earlier, but I'm also excited to expand that list after the event, hopefully. One of the reasons I really look forward to start is because you have the opportunity to see how people outside of the industry, outside of utilities would start to solve some of these problems that we're seeing emerge around digital transformation. That's a lot A lot of what people talk about today when it comes to energy and utilities is digital transformation. And digital transformation has been, you know, creating more data and making data a lot more available to utilities. But what we're seeing is a lot of times companies are struggling with what to do with that data and how to leverage it. But your team deals a lot with data what are some of these data challenges that you'd like to see addressed by some of these eager entrepreneurs um, from startups at start? I think what will impress me most is if an eager entrepreneur 
you know, treats data in a way that is really meaningful for their customer. You know, it sounds something that's really simple, but it's it's really easier said than done. Um, you know, nobody challenges the value of data, and um, and they shouldn't actually challenge either. We all hear, you know, the common catchphrases all the time, data is the new oil, data is the lifeline for our business, etc. You know, these are all true, um, especially in, in an industry, as you mentioned, in the utility industry, where the product that we sell, which is energy, has really no meaningful direct value for our customers. You know, our customers want an outcome from us, like light or climate control or business operations or sustainability. Um, what we sell you know, can be turned into these outcomes, and that's, that's what we have traditionally sold as much as possible. You know, we sold kilowatt hours. But in, in, in this quickly changing environment, this unfortunately doesn't have a lot of value anymore. So we need to start changing and designing new products and engage our customers in a way around what they want and what they value. Data is going to be the glue that will allow us to do that. Basically, what I try to get to is data really gives meaning to the next kilowatt hour that will go to the customer if what they need actually is another electron. Sometimes it isn't. It depends on the outcome that they're seeking. So data will allow us to be our customer's partner in their journey, whether it's a journey to a zero-carbon environment or whether it's a journey to improve, the, improve their business operations or profitability. So I think if I see solutions in the event that really treat data that's meaningful for the customer, that will make me excited. Can, just a clarifying question. When you, when you talk about the customer, are you, are you referring to all electricity consumers or are you talking specifically about the CNI customers and utilities that NG uh, primarily it, it, sells to? It's, it's both. It's both. It's, it's, it can be an end user, someone sitting at their home, uh, you know, trying to optimize their climate control. It could be a giant business operation. Uh, I think it doesn't change um it doesn't change the objective right i i think that i think that's true what's interesting though is that that is that that first is that that first set of customer uh you know the resident the the residential customer um probably sees a lot less of that data application even though it's still you know can drastically affect their uh the way the way they the ways that they consume consume energy yeah. so but before we sort of get more into the the nitty-gritty of uh of how you're overcoming specific challenges. I'm just curious what uh, what some of those applications uh, are that are looking at the, uh, specific, specifically the, the residential customer that probably doesn't know what's happening with all this data. Yeah, today um, the residential customer, their interaction with the utility is through uh, the meter they have on the side of the building. So they don't really see any of these changing products or new services that I'm talking about. You know, they still uh, consume electricity and they pay a certain amount of money for the kilowatt hours that they consume. Uh, but there are other ways. If you were able to leverage the data that this customer is owning and generating, we could engage the customer and start selling things like lighting as a service, climate control as a service, which basically maybe charge them a, just a fixed amount of money in a given month. And within the set of parameters that they provide to the utility, uh, make sure uh, that their house is always comfortable from a climate control perspective. They always have light when they need it, and they don't use as much when they don't. 
that way basically they consume hopefully less they consume the right way and uh, they end up paying less so i think that's a good possible um product that that we can sell to residential customer of course with cni there's definitely a lot more applications uh, when we get into business operations but you know this this type of interaction or customer engagement model can certainly be transferred to the residential customers as well yeah and the the main reason i i asked that was because i've uh, just where i where i live there's been a lot of talk about uh about data since we've just you know implemented a big smart meter program that's why it was sort of uh top top of my top of mind for me because a lot of uh people are very unsure about what that what that means uh means for for them because the applications of this data are a lot less uh obvious to them than it is to cni customers as you just mentioned so thank you for uh explaining that to me uh now the but when it comes to data, there seems to be uh, some issues from like territory to territory. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say that data standardization is a frustrating issue uh, for for utilities, for for anyone who deals in data. But you told me once uh, we, when we talked before that Texas has solved this problem, or at the very least has taken a lot uh, farther steps than than others. Can you explain? why stand, data standardization is a big issue and what Texas has done to address it. So, uh, Dylan, you're definitely right that it's a big issue and it, it's a frustrating issue. Uh, you know, I look at other industries like the medical industry, like the financial in, uh, industry that deal with actually far more sensitive data, but they were able to find ways to figure this out. Um, but you look at the utility industry, um, probably maybe it's not hopefully it's not but it probably is the worst when it comes to data sharing and standardization um and I, I can give many examples from our daily life you know you can go to any atm with your debit card and get money wherever you are in the united states even if you're abroad it doesn't take more than 30 seconds doesn't matter which state or even country you reside in which bank you have an account with it doesn't matter Another example, you can go to any big box retail store, get a TV, go to the checkout line, punch in your social, and walk on with your TV. All the financing and everything done in no more than 10 minutes. Now, what's happening is a lot of data is being exchanged in the, in the, behind the scenes. What you're, you're not being exposed to that as a customer. All you want is the outcome, is the TV, or to get money from the ATM, and you do it in a seamless way all this uh, data sharing and you know data standardization is not even an issue in the financial industry. Same thing with the medical industry. Um, you can change your insurance company and all your medical background is visible to your new insurer right away. Um, these are far more sensitive data compared to your historical electricity consumption. Yet, at times in certain states, it may take up to 10 business days to get information about your potential customer's historical electricity consumption. You know, you talk to one utility, it's one method. You talk to another utility, even if it's in the same city, it's another method to get access to the data, even when you have the customer's consent. So we as an industry need to come up with standards to allow this much more seamlessly, independent of the state or the utility. Yes, the there is concern about the privacy of the customer. Yes, it's important. 
And yes, we need to have the highest cybersecurity standards to protect the data we have. But we also need to realize that what we have now in this industry is a shame, to be honest, in the 21st century. There are efforts, obviously, like, like the green button standard, for example, which is getting more and more traction. Uh, but I think we need to think at a grander scale. And a few states like D.C., like New Hampshire, like Ohio, they've started playing with the idea of statewide data repositories, which takes it a step further. And it's really exciting, but we need to make sure these are built quickly and the right way with the right stakeholder process that involves not just the utilities, but all the industry participants with one goal in mind, you know, make it valuable and seamless for the customer to share the data that they own. Uh, I told you, I talked to you about Texas, and yes, Texas is one of the earlier states with these right foundational ideas, and it really showed with the implementation of the Smart Meter Texas portal. You know, Texas has installed smart meters in pretty much the entire state, and they were able to get all that data into one platform. That's why I, I bring up Green Button Connect is it's a different type of product which will be implemented in the next version of the portal in which an industry participant can send an email directly to the customer in which there is a link. So the customer clicks the link and verifies that they are in fact uh, the person that's supposed to be making the decision to share the data and everything happens in the background just like the ATM example we talked about. It's a much more seamless customer experience. You just click a link, verify that you're actually the person that you're supposed to be, and then you get an offer. So um, I think the next uh, design, the 2.0 version, is definitely built up in a way that's more customer-centric. That's what I wanted to mean. I think this is you know, representative of a big challenge that utilities face, obviously not just in Texas. We're seeing, you know, the increase in data quality, data analytics, they're there, you know, that that, um, that exists in a way that can be meaningful for utilities. But what's missing is that user experience, right? How is the end user interacting with this system, whether that is a customer or it's a stakeholder as part of an, uh, as part of a, a project? How, how are utilities working with other folks outside of the utility to execute on some of these projects? How are they having the experience of having to deal with this data with the utility? So can you talk about, I know you just mentioned, you know, some of the solutions around, you know, a better user experience, but there's still, this is still, you know, a significant hurdle when it comes to achieving that level of data and efficiency to actually, you know, reduce costs and deliver a better experience to the customer. Can you talk about, you know, what some of those solutions would be that would kind of eliminate this barrier, this this user experience barrier that normally, that typically deters customers from continuing their interaction with the utility? Yeah, that that's a loaded question. And um, I, I don't know, so we face <laughs> something similar internally, actually. So maybe I can talk a little bit about that to, to act more like an example to your question. Um, you know, one of my responsibilities here in NG is, apart from leading the, the demand risk management group, is also to lead our North America community of practice in data and analytics. So um, the objective in creating this community of practice was to utilize the data that we already have in our variety of businesses to accelerate innovation and growth. Again, it sounds like a simple idea, but it was a massive technical problem um, or challenge, let's say. Um, 
because over the years we've acquired so many businesses with their own silos when it comes to the data they already have and the tools that that they use you know trying to create these data lakes essentially virtually joined in a cloud-based environment with the best-in-class analytical tools with the right governance structure when it can be accessed in a secure and meaningful way for the outcome that's being targeted you know this is a this was a massive technical challenge but it was done you know it took some time but there was a technical solution to it and you know with with one data domain after the other i think we've made internally great strides in achieving this however did it really create value for our business or did it really create value for our customers did we become a data-driven organization um i think the answer is no initially because I've learned that an organization is really a set of conversations and the solution to this massive challenge will only be as good as the number of people who actually end up using it. Um, we didn't achieve the results we aimed for initially because the presence of the solution did not occur to the people who were supposed to use it. So our approach was wrong. So we had to initially design it for the users first and then solve the technical problems that would work with that design. We didn't do that. Um, what we then realized, obviously, is that we had to essentially, I'm using air quotes, you know, democratize the data and tools for everybody in the organization through a common language and involvement process. So I will say the, the approach, the current approach is producing much better results so far. And, you know, you can actually see how being driven by data as an organization is helping us if you're following the press releases lately. So we've been very active uh, lately uh, signing deals. Uh, and that's all really being driven by this data-driven culture uh, that we were able to establish. It was challenging, but I think if you involve the people in the process as you design first, uh, you're, I think, 50% there. The technical problems always have a solution. It just takes time to go through it. Do you have a specific example of bringing together the the right stakeholders and implementing uh, implementing something to the to the standards you've laid out? I think it was it was earlier this month. Uh, you heard about in one of the recent press releases, together with Microsoft, our longtime partner, we've announced a deal uh, where we'll supply Microsoft with 230 megawatts of renewable power uh, from two NG projects in Texas, uh, the Las Lomas Wind Farm in South Texas and the Anson Solar Center Park uh, in Jones County. Um, now, why do I give this example? Because as part of this transaction, Microsoft will continue collaborating with us, providing cloud and artificial intelligence tools uh, for NG to continue improving the Darwin software. Um, now, Darwin is a platform that initially was built internally by NG Digital. And I think it's a great example for your question. It's, 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 a, it's a platform that we have deployed uh, on more than, I think, 15,000 megawatts of renewable assets globally. And it essentially collects data from uh, the assets. And through the use of data and analytics, uh, the platform allows us to enable predictive maintenance, real-time meteorological analysis, real-time monitoring of the output from the assets, among with many other economical and operational benefits. I think that's a great example of a tool that was built with people in mind with the right set of data and analytics that is generating significant positive results, both from economic perspective and also you know, social perspective as well. We are building similar platforms on other businesses as well. Uh, we have another software called NG Living, 
which is basically another example meeting the needs of city infrastructure operators providing efficiency for urban environments. Uh, we have another software called Engine Nemo uh, that optimizes means of production and hits sustainability targets for heating and cooling networks. So once you remove the boundaries, basically the possibilities become endless. The, the technical solutions do come in once you bring the people together and make data and the tools available to them. I think what we've talked about sort of brings together a, a couple of different things that have been that have been touched on or focused on in other in other episodes that we've done, but it's bringing but it's bringing them all together to create a, a fuller picture that that what, the reason why the data standards of of uh, the energy industry are maybe not up to where they are in so the other industries you've mentioned uh, or or to even t like telecom. It's not about that we're lagging behind in technology. It's that we're lagging behind in terms of how how we're able to present a picture to to people, not just everyday like residential people, but other people in the in industry as well. So how how would you go about pitching data centricity to some of the some of the people in the industry who have the power to uh, to bring bring us forward, but are maybe lagging behind? Um. So that that essentially that conversation has to take place, and there are conversations taking place. But uh, we need to involve the entire industry participant list in these conversations and listen to them, because not everybody in that conversation is really customer centric. Uh, what I mean by that is we need to be, I think, or or the regulators need to be uh, brave when it comes to making decisions around data and. Uh, data sharing. Um, I do understand the concerns, and I'm all for it. But you know, every other industry has found solutions to um, address issues around data privacy and data security. I think the utility industry, the data that we have related to the customers' electricity consumption, is not as sensitive as some of the other data sets uh, that are being shared. So there definitely is a solution. So if the regulators bring the right mix of people to the discussion, they listen to them well, uh, and think customer first in mind, I think I think we will solve a lot of the problems. Again, these conversations, the right set of conversations are taking in, in place in certain uh, states within the United States. Um, and looking at that, I see endless possibilities. I'll look at New Hampshire, uh, the, the, the um, with the group, with the stakeholder process that they have over there, they're talking about a statewide data repository uh, that they want actually nonprofits to take a leading uh, part in designing the whole process, which the Green Button Alliance, I know, is taking an active part. Um, I, think, I think that is the right approach, where we design essentially a framework where, where everyone meeting the, the basic capabilities should can come in and play on a level playing field. So you don't really necessarily create an environment where a portion of the industry is being favored because they've been here for a very long time already. It's essentially a level playing field where data is being made available. Yes, you need to make sure everyone who gets hold of a customer's data has consent. Yes, they need to secure the data in a way that it doesn't get stolen by anybody. Um, but, you know, be brave. I think, I think, I think as an industry, if we involve everybody in the discussion, we can we can invent 
uh, really great things if we be if we be brave. I think that's you know one of the biggest points that needs to be made, especially when it comes to you know venturing into what is a very you know a new space for a lot of utilities, energy companies, data analytics. How do you leverage it? Is that you have to have a mix of people making these decisions. If you have a homogenous group of people trying to solve these challenges, then it's only going to solve the problems for a certain set of people. You're not going to make these solutions, you know, usable or in- enticing to all of your customers. So the importance there really being on, you know, the, the diversity of thought that goes into solving these problems around data. And that's where utilities, you can start to look at other industries that have thought of creative ways to better leverage data in a, in a safe, um, reliable way. But that typically seems to be one of the biggest things missing, I think, is the, uh, the diversity of stakeholders that are contributing to solving these problems, making sure that you're not just solving it for maybe one subset of customers that could be your biggest set of customers, but not representative of your whole service territory. How do you start to create solutions that, you know, serve and create value for all of your customers? And that does require changing in the way that you think and the way that you execute on these things. So I really appreciate that you're talking about, you know, the mix of people that are involved in and kind of how you think about everyone involved in these processes. That's the perfect way to put it. Uh, And I appreciate you for doing that because, you know, if if we left uh, the question of transportation just to the taxi cab, cab companies, you know, Uber and Lyft wouldn't exist uh, today, uh, but they do. And and now they're challenging the way everyone else in that, in, or in the, in that industry operate because, you know, they've created a, a solution that really addressed the need uh, by the people who were going to use that solution, and they did it in a, in a good way. Um, I think the utility industry is the same. Uh, if we don't reinvent ourselves, if we don't talk to the people uh, the entire ecosystem, essentially, someone else, some some other Uber or Lyft will come into this industry, and uh, I think we'll find ourselves in a very different spot. So it's important in the beginning to to create an ecosystem where all the thoughts, all the ideas are being shared, and um, I think we can achieve great things together if we if we if we collaborate together. I think that was very well said. I really liked your credos earlier of. Be, uh, of being brave. I think that's something that leaders in the in this industry should really should really take to heart. And I agree. I agree with what you you've both just said about finding this balance between progressing the industry while being while being very cognizant of your you know the customers in your own backyard and what they what they need to do. I think that's a very that's a very interesting question surrounding how far to innovate and for the greater good, I guess, would be to to use an incredibly loaded phrase. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's a, and I think that's a great, I think that's a great message to to leave our wis- listeners with. Jangus, I want to thank you so much for being for being on, and I uh, look forward to catching up with you next week at Start. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting you guys next week in San Antonio. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Aaron, thanks for 
being on and chatting with us today. And uh, I'll also be seeing you next week. Yes, you will. I'm, you know, really looking forward to next week. I do expect some of the startups there to be proposing solutions that try to solve some of the challenges that we talked about today. We've seen, you know, a lot of startups, a lot of emergence in this past year around customer centricity, folks who are ready to take on that customer um, and folks that are ready to manage that customer relationship for the utility um, because they have a better understanding of how to interact with people and consumers. And so I fully expect that to be, you know, a big conversation happening next week at start. And I'm excited to see what some of those proposed solutions are. Yes. And if you would like to see what some of those solutions are, uh, there is still time to register for start head over to start19.co, that's start19.co for information and registration. And if you if you do show up, feel free to say hi to me or Aaron or Jengis, and we'll uh, chat you up about data. For everything else, you can find our research and media at etsinsights.com. You can find us on social media at DOI Lockwood, at Aaron Hardick, at Z Prime underscore research. My name is Dylan, and we'll see you